Your Marketing Moment is about those significant events or moments in time that transform a career or business and how you too can create a marketing moment of your own. John Nee, president of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm, interviews business leaders about their marketing moments and covers significant marketing moments in history and their impact on how we do business today. Short and usually focused on a single event, your marketing moment takes just a moment of your day, but can ultimately prove momentous for your own career or business. Welcome to Your Marketing Moment. I'm John Nee, your host of the podcast, and I've been looking forward to this episode for a while because this episode is different format than what we normally do. Instead of interviewing a guest about their marketing moment, we're going to analyze a significant marketing moment from the history of American business. And to help me do that today, I'm joined by Kent Sisson. Kent is a longtime friend, a true marketing maven, a musician, and the funniest person I know who would do this for free. Welcome, Kent. Thanks, John. As far as for free, I didn't know that that was actually part of the deal, but uh, since I've already drove out this way, let's do this. Thanks for the introduction, and I'm excited. Okay. So we have some categories we'll use to help guide the discussion with the intent of making this inspirational, informational, and fun, and maybe even funny. So Kent, that's your job. <sighs> okay, I'll see what I no, can do. I no pressure. 25% odds. <laughs> okay, I'll take those odds. <laughs> the marketing moment we've chosen to discuss and analyze is Apple's 1984 Super Bowl ad. Whenever I would tell people how we would be analyzing the top marketing moments of the last 50 years, a typical response would often be, oh, you mean like Apple's 1984 Super Bowl ad? So not only is it rich with good fodder to analyze and dissect, but I do feel a sense of obligation to give the people what they want. Isn't that right, Kent? Well, you added me to this, so I don't know if that's right, but we'll see. Okay, we'll give it a go. But before we get started, I think it's worth a watch and listen. But since this is a audio-only podcast, we'll do our best to describe the scenes as we listen. Many of you have seen it, so you generally know what happens. But if you haven't, check it out on YouTube. It's only 60 seconds long, so let's take a listen. So the minions are walking. We see a shot of a woman with a sledgehammer running with a tracksuit on. Big Brother speaking on the big screen. She's being chased by four police. I thought police were expected to assume. She's swinging the sledgehammer to the big screen of Big Brother and lets it fly. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. And then it closes with the classic rainbow-colored Apple logo, which was their corporate logo back in 1984. So to, um, to kind of kick things off, obviously it's a very uh, dystopian setting. The, uh, the runner uh, on the screen hurls the hammer toward the, toward the uh, 
the screen with Big Brother. And the commercial concludes, as I mentioned, with the uh, lines on January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. So since we're marketing people, we um, we love the data. So why don't we dive into some of the facts first? Uh, this was aired on Super Bowl Sunday, January 22nd, 1984. Apple spent a million dollars on the premium 60-second spot. Just to give you uh, some sense of perspective, that million-dollar 60-second spot in 1984 would go for roughly 10 or 12 million now. Uh, the the uh, 2022 price for a 60-second Super Bowl ad is 6.5 million. The premium spot was the th in the third quarter of the game. I also understand that it was the only ad shown during that commercial break. Uh, the creative was done by uh, the Shiat Day Agency and directed by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott was the sci-fi director coming off of two uh, famous films, Alien in 1979 and then Blade Runner in 1982. But maybe this set the trend for feature film directors doing commercial ads. Uh, Big Brother was uh, obviously, and 1984 was um, uh, a, a big discussion during uh, 1984. Uh, there was a, um, a lot of talk about whether or not George Orwell's vision of 1984 was going to become reality. And so it fit nicely into that overall theme uh, of the day. Won plenty of awards. In 1984, it won the Clio Award for the um, for the ad itself. Ad Age named it the ad of the decade for the 1980s. Uh, 1985, Advertising Age named it the greatest commercial ever. And in 2007, uh, it was named as a, one of the best Super Bowl ads uh, in the game's 40-year history. It also gained a lot of publicity after it aired, free publicity, as many of the television networks began talking about it and giving it extra airplay, amplifying the message for Apple without any further investment. So with that said, Ken, any thoughts on the creative? Yeah. So first, you know, it's funny when you, when I was given this, when you asked me to be on this and I was given the homework assignment and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I know the ad 1984. Sure. It's a, it's a classic. Right. And in my mind, I was visualizing what it was. And then when I finally started doing my homework for this, I realized that I had the wrong ad the, the whole time. Mine was, you know, it was, it was someone running certainly, but there were missiles going where and, and it was chaos. And so I was like, oh, that's a Nike commercial. So um, I was like, wow, okay, so have I never seen this? You know, I'm 40, God, 48. I was like, have I not seen this ad? So I, so I finally, I watch it and uh, you know, it, it lured me in. I mean, it did, I, I was like, I wanna see what's gonna happen. I wanna see what's gonna happen. My initial thought that stuck out to me was why is, apparently a waitress from Hooters saving humanity. <laughs> <laughs> the outfit does have a resemblance it, now that you it, mention it. I mean, it, it, I was really like, it's a waitress from Hooters. It almost seems like that just stood out to me, the bright orange, you know, maybe there's some. But was, was Hooters even around in 1984? Well, John. You, you would glad, know, you I'm might know. You, <laughs> even though I was in third grade, I'm glad you asked because I did a little research. Of course, of course you did. <laughs> And it turns out Hooters was incorporated in 1983, 1983, 
This is 1984. So all of a sudden, these light bulbs are going off, right? And so clearly, Rid a young Ridley Scott is sitting in LA, goes to this new restaurant <laughs> called Hooters. For the food, for, of course. For the food. And he's racking his brain. He has everything worked out for this commercial, except who's the savior going to be? Who's the savior going to be? Well, right then his cheeseburger and his fries are brought to his table and he's looking at his server and is like, Hey, uh, do you want to become famous being the greatest commercial ever of all time? So that's clearly what happened. So anyway, that was my, that was my first take on it. The, um, yeah, the, the savior of humanity was a waitress from Hooters. Okay. Well, we will definitely make sure that we have the uh, image of the, of the woman with the sledgehammer as part of our promotion for the podcast so people can uh, see the resemblance. Uh, it's pretty obvious once you once you mention it. And just for the record, she was a uh, track athlete in England at the time. Anya Major, I believe her name was. And she was also starred in the Elton John video for Nikita. Oh, well, well. So there's a little, <laughs> the more you know, fun fact for you. And one of his less than great songs but re anyway that's still that's still pretty cool no really for those of you that haven't seen if you can't visualize the commercial in your head right now go watch it and you'll be like oh kent was right okay I, I get what he was saying i mean wouldn't you think john that the savior of humanity would be i don't know like someone off the street you know like a in in torn clothes who comes crawling in they've been suppressed for all these years and they have you know some shard that's going to anyway <laughs> i just didn't see it being this person who, you know, was on a five mile run and then decided three and a half miles in to turn, you know what, I'm going to go where Big Brother is and free us. But anyway, that's just my initial take. Well, maybe it was the plan all along. It, it, right. It's true. It's a good commercial though. So let's talk a little bit about why it's a marketing moment. And maybe in general, this could lead to what makes a marketing moment. So first of all, we've been doing this podcast long enough now to know that the most marketing moments are transformational things that either you know profound events that change someone's career or or change the course of someone's business and so as we look at this ad you know what changed after this ad again going back to the data and the facts the the, the interesting element to to the uh history and the and the um the legend of this ad is that the macintosh computer uh, it was advertising wasn't even available to buy when this ad aired. Uh, but yet, within the first 100 days after the ad ran, Apple had sold over 70,000 computers. And aside from the cubist art version of the Macintosh that was on the woman's shirt when she threw the sledgehammer, the product wasn't even in the ad. So two very unique elements that are not traditional when you think about Super Bowl ads. Most Super Bowl ads today, you can buy the product or call for the service. And, and most of them uh, still have the product or service in the ad. But maybe this was the first one to maybe break, break that, that mold. It was also memorable. People remember this. Obviously, here we are 38 years later, still talking about it, giving Apple uh, the uh, no more airtime. Obviously, Apple is the dominant com company that um, that it is, uh, much different than it was as the Challenger brand back in 1984. Wasn't it also Joe Biden's first commercial? <laughs> <laughs> are you seeing? Are you seeing another resemblance in the ad? I mean, Big Brother. I'm pretty sure that was 
President Joe Biden, who is probably then uh, eight term senator, um, had the aviators on and everything. So I was also like, oh, it looks like that's Joe Biden. Anyway, <laughs> maybe that was his first advertising gig. So yes, definitely memorable. When we think about Super Bowl ads today, oftentimes they're memorable because they're sentimental, uh, because they're funny. Uh, maybe they have some uh, celebrities in the in the ads, but this one was not funny. It was not necessarily sentimental, emotional in a dystopian way, but but maybe also what is what makes it what makes it memorable, uh, unique. That's another characteristic of a marketing moment. This set the stage for future Super Bowl ads. Ridley Scott, a, f a feature film director at the time, doing technology ads for Super Bowls. Uh, that was obviously very unique at the time, but um, but maybe that also set the stage for more uh, investment to to take these Super Bowl ads more seriously. Um, so um, and also most Super Bowl ads are still only about thirty seconds long, probably driven in, in large part because of the expense that it that it takes to to air a Super Bowl ad. But nonetheless, this was a sixty second ad, and again, as I mentioned earlier. It had a segment, uh, advertising segment, all uh, all its own. Another element and characteristic of these marketing moments is that the stakes are high, and just like with good movies, the higher the stakes, the better the movie. Dystopian is about as high as stakes as as, as you can get. And when you look at the popularity of uh, Mad Max or The Hunger Games and those and those uh, movies, uh, you can see why they're popular because the stakes are high. And so in this. In this ad, uh, it has that dystopian element to it, which uh, certainly raises the stakes and, and gets people's attention and also makes it memorable. And then lastly, what we see, again, as a characteristic of a marketing moment is its relevance. And in this particular case, culturally, uh, I think it was very relevant. I was in high school in 1984, and I remember there was just a very obvious uh, resistance to anything that would remotely make Orwell's version of 1984 happen in 1984. No one wanted his 1984 to be reality in our 1984, not on our watch type of mentality. And so I think this ad struck a chord with those of us who were coming of age during 1984. And so I think it was brilliantly timed. And then also the relevance in marketing. Uh, obviously this established Apple as the challenger brand that it wanted to, to be established as, and, and IBM as the dominant incumbent that was stodgy and maybe even a bit dystopian itself. John, what, what do you think about, you know, again, in reading a lot, there's stuff everywhere, there's whole books written about this ad, I, I realized, but I remember, you know, reading some, some comments that I had seen, I thought was interesting about, what do you think about Apple? is you know the irony of the ad and how apple now has uh, is big brother to a lot of people you know again this isn't my own thought but i've read this and i was like hmm that that is sort of ironic they've become the thing that they don't want to become in the commercial yeah i think i think there's there's a lot of um i don't want to say truth to that but there's a lot of people who believe that that has is the case i think apple to its credit has done a nice job of trying to avoid that uh, certainly with some of these privacy uh, changes that they've made recently, True. which has probably caused a lot of marketers some concern as as they've tried to navigate through those changes. But at the same time, I think it signals 
from Apple that they acknowledge that privacy is important to its consumers and that they don't want to become uh, the big brother that they, uh, you know, um, parodied uh, back in uh, 1984. And sorry, Apple, I know we need to be in your podcast uh, platform, so please uh, <laughs> just cut this out. <laughs> So, no offense, uh, but you're great. So, love, love the AirPods. <laughs> a couple other things just to um, to uh, discuss about the, about the ad. Uh, we we do have a section here, what I call the do over section. And so, as we look at these legendary and profound mom marketing moments in history, is there anything that we would do over, or is there anything, or or how would this ad maybe look differently if it were done today? And you know, this is again. You know, it's it's hard to change um, or, or to modify a masterpiece, but um, but we have to take this ad in the context of when it was made and when it was shown. And I think they did a brilliant job of of portraying what they wanted to do, and which which is why it's 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 such a classic ad. Any comments, Kent? Boy, it's you know hard to. It's, it reminds me of, you know, th there was talk a while back, they were going to do a remake of The Princess Bride, okay? And <laughs> that's when you hear that, you're just like, how, how could you remake perfection, right? I mean, and, you know, Carrie Elwes, I think that's how you say his name, he, he came out and, and was obviously against, like, how, how could you redo it? It's a perfect script, perfect movie. So me commenting on what Ridley Scott, who just did Blade Runner and Alien should change, you know, if it were done today, maybe not everyone would be white. <laughs> I mean, really, right? I mean, yeah. we, but but that's a good maybe, point. But maybe that also was the point, and they, you know, they wanted to make it. It's much more bleak if there's no color in the entire commercial. So that was all part of it. You know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, if but obviously we're a, a much different, more diverse society than back when that happened. So maybe that would be different. Other than that, you know, it's a uh, gosh. If you change anything, maybe it wouldn't be the greatest ad in the last 38 years. I don't know. What, what yeah. do you think? No, I agree. And and the other another little fun fact about the the ad is that it only ran once in its entirety, and that was when it was shown for the for the uh, first time there in um, at the Super Bowl. So, but what's and, the what's the asterisk to that? The asterisk is that I guess technically it, it, it wasn't really the time. first time. One other time. That's right. In Idaho, which is so, <laughs> that's so random. Uh, at what time? It was, it was midnight, just before midnight, before midnight on January 31st. So the, so the, the story goes and they ran it uh, in a very small market on the last day of the year in 1983 so that it would qualify for the, uh, advertising awards that year and that they could begin to, to get more, more press. Uh, for as a award-winning ad, uh, in addition to all the attention that it got as a profound and um, monumental ad in its own right, not to mention you know the fact that it's also publicizing their new product. I can see them having Apple having some intern who's researching like, hey, get me the smallest TV market <laughs> at the time when the least amount of people are watching. That's when we're airing this ad. That's right. Uh, that's right. That, yeah. That so, so random. Idaho, an Idaho TV station. Yeah. So maybe there were, you know, a dozen people watching TV at that time. <laughs> Whose minds were... <laughs> they saw the future what, before everybody what else. What was that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Someone in Boise. 
probably not Boise. Right. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this format of your marketing moment as we analyzed a marketing moment of history. Today's, of course, was the 1984 Super Bowl ad from Apple. Send us your ideas for other marketing moments in history that you would like us to discuss and analyze, and we'll make sure to include them. And please select the subscribe button so that you can learn when we have new podcasts available. And join us soon as we analyze the next marketing moment. By the way, the kids say, uh, smash, smash the subscribe. Smash, that's okay. That's what my eight-year-old okay. He's like, you got to smash the subscribe button. <laughs> well, I'll let you say that then, <laughs> Maybe Listeners, next time. Please smash the subscribe okay. button. I'll there you to, go. I'll play this for my, my son now. He'll like that. There you go. Well, we don't he'll be like, Dad, that's cringe. Well, we're... <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's going to say. Dad, that's cringe. Well, we're always trying to expand our audience. So if it means uh, changing our... Uh, lingo, then we're all for it. Well, thank you everyone for listening so long and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Marketing Moment. This is a production of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm that helps companies elevate and transform their business by knowing their market, telling their story and living their brand. Be sure to visit our website, actonepartners.com forward slash your marketing moment and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts.